Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast, a ministry of Storehouse Community Church in McAllen, Texas. Every Monday, we gather to address the questions and issues aimed at everyday life and ministry in the context of the Rio Grande Valley. Well, good morning, guys. Welcome to the Native Citizens Podcast. Uh, I am joined by uh, two amazing co-hosts, hosts. We got Elsie, who is our Storehouse Kids director. Hi. And then we got Jay Flotis, who hangs out with us, covenant member, safety team leader, bestower of wisdom. Uh, <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> friend of mine. Not friend, wisdom. Yeah, friend of mine. <laughs> Brother in the Lord. <laughs> Father, all these wonderful things. Uh, yeah, how are you guys doing this morning? Doing well. Doing good. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Did you guys have your coffee already? Still having. You're still having your yes, coffee. Iced coffee today. You haven't had any coffee? No, I should have had coffee. But you're not a big coffee drinker. I should be a bigger coffee drinker. Yeah. You, yeah. To be a member at this church, you, that's kind of one of the, it's the, it's it's the, the hidden the, menu. Yes. The fine print. Of well, I'm doing like the whole the, bulletproof coffee thing. Yeah. And that takes a couple of steps, which I didn't have time for this morning. So I'm like, oh, well. How do you do your, like, do you make it? So it's the Bulletproof Coffee, MCT oil, and the the ghee butter. Yeah. And you just have to blend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm bad with time management, so I was out the door quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like it, uh, but I don't. So. (laughs) But like, like it every blue moon? Every yeah, I don't know. There, There is something. I I do like it. Yeah, there's something about the texture from the from the ghee mm-hmm. that I understand the purpose of the ghee, right? Uh, like all of the, um, what is all of the dairy from the butter have been removed. So it's essentially ghee is clarified butter. So oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So all the, 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 the fat deposit, I mean, you can make your own ghee. It's not very difficult, but blah, blah, blah going off on it. But the idea of the ghee is to, um, one of the, the the things that ghee helps with is that it, it adds that creamy texture to the coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it still has that, I don't think you minimize the, the texture of the butter or at the very least mm. the flavor of the texture of the butter. Like oily sort of? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's the that's the part where I'm like, nah, man. It's like too slick in yeah. the coffee. It yeah, doesn't exactly. blend as well. Yeah, I'll stick to my Cinnamon Toast Crunch Creamer. Right. Dude, that's so good. Yeah. I don't care what anybody <laughs> says, man. Get that sugar. Yeah, man. I was uh, I was hanging out with Tony and he was like, Hey, what does it taste like? Like cinnamon toast crunch, crunch? bro. From <laughs> <laughs> the bottle. The just from, oh, you just learned English? And so um <laughs> hand him over the bottle. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like you don't drink as much coffee. Right. I mean, that's not probably bad. not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's but you you're guys also have, like intimate conversations about coffee which i'm just like it's just it's coffee yeah but you also like drink like diet pepsi or pepsi zero yeah a lot it's more of a habit than it is like there's no caffeine that's gonna help me there like right yeah yeah Yeah. no man i gotta have that coffee in the morning coffee all the time i don't think it's a trend i just really just love coffee i drink a lot of it yeah yeah so the reform church coffee and ipa conversation (laughs) that continues to happen (laughs) yeah it's uh, a beards ongoing conversation Uh, plaid shirts 
Uh, yeah, the tattoos are definitely a reform thing. But I will say, I think I've told you about this. Like a lot of my friends who are within the Extra Nine Church Planning Network, um, they all have like Greek or Hebrew tattoos mm-hmm. uh, because that's cool. Whatever, man. I went the route of Latin. I was like, man, I'm gonna go to as close as I can to Spanish and keep it me. Um, and yeah, all these dudes have Greek and Hebrew. I didn't want to go that route. It's the Christian equivalent of like the koi fish. Like everybody has that. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a different language on my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's def- yeah, the the whole like uh, tribal. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Barbed wire around the body. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So. Much. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a it's a bunch of weird stupid trends but whatever <laughs> anyway all right so to today uh we're going to talk about a lot of things today but but one of the things that we thought we'd we'd jump on here and talk about is um earlier uh this month um there was a gallup poll that was released suggesting suggesting that less than 50 percent of americans uh belong now to a church or a synagogue or a, or a mosque. And so the idea of the article that was released um, was that church membership is, after almost eight decades is in a massive decline. And as we read through that article, we also read, I suppose, a response, or we began talking about a response article from the Gospel Coalition uh, that was written by Thomas Kidd, where where he responds to this article, essentially by saying um, that there, number one, the Gallup poll was highly sens- sensationalized uh, because of some inaccuracies. One of those inaccuracies being the definition of of what a church member is. Right. Um, whether or not individuals are actually active as church members. And then certainly one of the challenges that I think the church is facing right now as um, in light of the pandemic, it was Mm -hmm. what does it mean to be a part of the online church? What does it mean to be an online member? Uh, Does that even exist? Which I would say no, but, um, but that nevertheless, that is one of the challenges. So, so in, in this church decline, is that taken into account? I suppose, online attendance or, or membership. And so Thomas Kidd's article wasn't so much a pushback, but it was more a little bit, uh, giving a little bit more clarity to the fact that this has actually been a trend that we've been seeing, but because there are so many other factors that we need to take into consideration, mm-hmm. what is the, the centrality that, what is the central theme that the church needs to continue to, to push? And so that's where we started having a yeah. conversation on a bunch of different things. But in general, let's let's begin by by talking just about um, church membership decline in the United States. Do you think, especially for us in our context here in the RGV, do you guys think that's something that we need to be concerned about? Uh, if so, why? We can start there. I think partly not a lot because. Here in the RGV, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm out in Mission, Alton area. Yeah. People are, like, still going to the churches. Right. Like, even with, amidst COVID, they're like, no, we can go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, not yeah, a yeah. kind of deal. Yeah. Because there's that attitude yeah. as well. Like, we're fine. Yeah. Um, There's just that spectrum of people's perspectives sure. and whatnot. And then you have 
the other parts that have been like, no, we're going to integrate or it's going to be good. We're going to be safe amidst COVID and, yeah. and when we're going to come back. Yeah. We haven't lost anybody. We've kept in communication. And do you think in part it is because, for instance, the Valley still has a great deal. I mean, one, um, demographically, we're mm-hmm. primarily a Hispanic community down here. And yeah. so because of that, do you think that first generation of Hispanics are still very in, involved in church activity, church membership? Do you think that is one of the reasons why um, church membership decline isn't as loud here as it may be, for instance, in other urban contexts? I think so. Yeah. I kind of see a little bit. That, yeah, there is a definite. I don't think the Gallup poll is the reason why we should be concerned with church membership. Mm. I think that, um, like you had mentioned, the numbers don't reflect accurately. The questions are sometimes mm-hmm. phrased in a way that's not clear. Mm-hmm. What people think about what a member is. Does that mean a regular attender? Or does that mean an actual covenant member somewhere right. where you've made commitment to the church in a certain sort of way? And Because that's what church membership is going to be. It's a commitment not only that you're making, because you're in the Christian context, a Christian, but you're making that commitment to the brothers and sisters in the church, to the other yeah. saints. So with that membership comes discipl- uh, discipleship, accountability, yeah. um, being able to depend on, pray for, be there for, rebuke. There's just... A scriptural call to be in community. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we were called to uh, weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice, stir each other up to love and good works. We're called to as iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. So I would say there is in I know the Gallup polls. It's not just a Christian context, but in our context, yeah, there is an, an obvious advantage to being a member, particularly here at Storehouse, because you're building each other up in relationship to each other for the glory of God. And yeah. I think. That being scripturally, um, where are we supposed to be? Like we do everything for the glory of God, including communi- community. Does that mm-hmm. mean membership always? No, it doesn't always. But there are definite advantages to being a member. I think the difficult part of that uh, is you are making a commitment. And that's hard for people. Uh, yeah. That's hard for people in the Valley. That's hard for people yes. given COVID. That's hard um because of time management or life is the way it's moving, except that you are missing a vital part in your Christian walk of what that brings you to as a Christian in relationship to your walk with Christ yeah. and your uh, ability to depend on the your brothers and sisters to walk this, walk alongside you, because we're not meant to walk it alone. I know that's a little bit out of the context of membership, sure. but as far as um, relationship and community, because we do that, in our context very well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think there's still an advantage to membership that could be missing scripturally, relationally because of those things. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if we, if we go back for a moment and consider what, what, what is church membership? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that Thomas Kidd suggests is um, to a degree, he suggests that not only must it be defined, but it also depends on, 
um, what an individual thinks church membership is because there are several people who are regular attendees who aren't members, members of a local church. And that could be for a number of reasons. One of those reasons could be because uh, church membership isn't emphasized at that church. It could be because of theological reasons that they mm-hmm. don't want to commit to that particular body just yet. It could be because church membership is not only not emphasized at that church, but because it's not emphasized, it's not necessarily something thought about by the individual or the families. Right. And so church membership kind of gets put aside and it turns in, church membership can turn into something that is more like a club rather than something that is that is biblical and good for the edification of the of the body that <clears throat> where we are committing to one another as we're moving forward on this mission. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's really important to consider when when we look at the Gallup poll and I know as many individuals just that brings about concern church membership is in the decline and it's certainly not just in Christianity but it's certain these other religions and you know, uh, um, Americans are, are increasingly uh, not attending church. And it's like, well, hold on. We mm-hmm. actually need to, there are, there is some truth to that. So for example, even in, in the largest uh, denomination, which is the SBC, there is uh, annual decline in membership within the Southern Baptist Convention. So, so there is some truth to that. There is some truth within other denominations where churches are uh, closing almost every year. Um, uh, mm-hmm. And so, there is truth to church membership decline. And I think what is really important, and I know we're going to branch off into something else in a moment, but what's really important is that we must define what church membership is. Mm -hmm. And we must look at not so much a case by case, but we need to make sure that in light of church membership, um, actually, no, let me back up. Like that would be the biggest thing. We must define church membership because some people would say, I mean, I attend storehouse. Or are you a member? Well, I attend Storehouse, but that doesn't necessarily make them a committed covenant member. Mm-hmm. And are we placing too much emphasis on the word member in that case because we haven't defined it well? Mm-hmm. And some of the danger, I'm sure we're going to branch off into this in a minute, is worrying about, uh, oh, membership in, like looking at it from a purely numbers point of view. Oh, is there's you know 400 versus 1,000 versus whatever it is. Yeah. If you're focused on the numbers, then you're focused on the wrong thing. Who cares if you have 500 members who are not involved, who are not uh, walking with Christ, who don't have, and I know we'll talk about this in a bit, the Gospel Coalition uh, article talks about what we should be concerned about is having regenerate hearts, worrying about actual spiritual walk, actual uh, people coming to Christ, not the numbers of people in the seats. Yeah. And I think that we've seen culturally people worried about being more popular, Mm-hmm. and culturally relevant, whatever that would mean in their context, versus standing firm in what the gospel means and worried about the people that are sitting in our churches today knowing, do they know the Lord? Do they have a relationship? And like you were saying, what are we doing in light of those things rather than what do the numbers look like? Because there is a consequence to low church membership practically, like maybe financially there's it's not as robust as it should be, or we don't have as many volunteers to help with these ministries that we want to get off the ground. Sure, but are the people that are currently attenders or faithful people at the church are they being discipled they being cared for they being loved in the church to be able to go out and proclaim the gospel from where they're at right um yeah you're gonna say something else um yeah and i think it like just piggybacks off of y'all because i was thinking of another part 
of the Gallup poll talking about like those who had like a religious preference but didn't attend church or like mm-hmm. those who attended but didn't have a religious preference. Mm-hmm. So you have that factor yeah. as well, like in the broad scheme of it. Yeah. And I know of uh, and people, friends in both of those camps too. Um, and then considering all the pool of like, um, what does it say? The Protestant Catholic and like, mm-hmm. there's so many like, avenues in each of those and like what type of catholic and what type of protestant and um so that not that it's skewed but it's just like this back to what you were saying is just a very very broad Mm -hmm. and it also says in that poll the article of like this is is not the ultimate reason this is very likely that this you know it gives those it gives that language yeah um so it's not to like totally dismiss it like this is not worth anything but it's like well let's ask all these questions like what right um, in the broad scheme of America, there's just so many pools yeah. of communities, so many denominations, so many cultures. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint like s- this decline yeah. for the whole country. Yeah. Right. And so, um, so what do we do with that? And then we break yeah. it down. You know, it's, it's simple. What you're saying reminds me of like, so last year, one of the biggest uh, topics to discuss was, um, I suppose the term uh, evangelicals because uh, evangelicals was the idea behind the term was a group of individuals who proclaimed the gospel, right? Who made much of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ at one point. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you can fast forward to the you know 21st century and evangelical sounds more like uh, uh, a political party or a political yeah. association. Mm-hmm. And so you have individuals who are considering themselves evangelicals primarily because of the moral values that I suppose evangelicals have, but don't associate with the belief system, right, uh, within evangelicals. And so that, like, confuses the term, it mucks it up. And so when we look Mm -hmm. at uh, something like this Gallup poll, it's kind of similar in the sense of this is a really broad study a really broad um survey that suggests something that actually needs to provoke more questions on what we were talking about Mm -hmm. defining church membership and at the same time chewing the meat and spitting the bones hey what do we need to be concerned about as a church moving forward because one of the truths surrounding our time is that uh, Christianity to an extent is on in the, in the decline in the sense that there's increasing resistance towards Christians. There's mm-hmm. increasing opposition toward the people of God surrounding us. And so there are things that we do need to consider within the time that we find ourselves in or the time that we're living in. Right. And so, yeah. Do you guys have any other thoughts before we branch out? Oh yeah. No, my biggest issue with the poll was it said like, Hey, church membership is in decline lowest in eight decades. And the biggest reason for that is because people claim no religious affiliation. Well, obviously, one precedes the other. If you right. are not part of any religious structure, then, of course, you're not going to be a member of something you're not a part of. Um, yeah. So it just started to be silly a little bit from there. Not that the numbers aren't concerning for all the reasons that we're saying are the things that it makes you think of in light of the gospel. Just a 6,000-person poll that's about a 5 or 10% respondent as broad as it was, talking about synagogues and mosques and churches, it leaves a lot to be desired and a lot of uh, areas where error is is probably 
uh, pretty common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So not so, not so panic button mode, but definitely mm-hmm. cause for, like, like we're talking about now, other questions. Yeah. So, man, let's let's branch into, um, and I, one of the things I have with us is, um, I think uh, it's, this is part of our covenant membership, and so one of the questions that we were going back and forth on uh, was, man, what is uh, what is a what is church membership? And then at the same time, what is a healthy church member? Because I think I think those two things are incredibly important if we're going to engage articles such as this, right? And so, for instance, uh, and I know I didn't prep you guys on this, but um, for instance, when it comes to church membership, like why church membership here at Storehouse, we would actually provide individuals and families with four reasons as to why we believe church membership is is biblical. So the first one is because uh, we believe it's it's a theological conviction, right? That that not only as Jesus has reconciled us to himself, uh, but he's reconciled us to one another within the context of, of a local body, right? Paul to the Corinthian church tells them that we are baptized into one body. So so we believe that church membership is, a, is actually a theological conviction, um, in addition to that, it's covenantal. And I think within that language, it tends to be mm-hmm. this commitment toward one another that yes, God has reconciled us to himself through Christ. He has reconciled us to one another. And I think you talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Elsie, there are implications for that. Right. And, and one of the ways which we communicate that here is, uh, everyone has chores, right? This, this covenant commitment that are, that we are making with one another means in as as valley as we can put it means everyone has chores everyone has something to do mm-hmm. here within within the family um let's talk about those two reasons briefly there's two more we'll go through these fairly slowly so the first one is theological that we have been reconciled to god in christ and we're now baptized into one body and then the second one is this covenant commitment that we make toward one another, right? There's, there's, there, there is no maid in this house. Everybody has has chores. Would you guys agree, disagree with uh, those two, those two first reasons? Yeah, I think because um, I'm just going off of you mm-hmm. know our one of our common phrases: "What you believe shapes how you live," mm-hmm. and that's in that goes back to the regeneration of your heart, like what you believe now because of what the work of God has done in you, that's going to shape now how you live. It's going to be different from how you lived before. And so as you, as the spirit has revealed to you himself and what is in his word, there's going to be a call and a yearning for obedience to his will. And not that like you're not ever going to rebel and not like sin. It's sure. you're under grace now. Right. And so in light of that, um, you, um, for me, it was I, a lot of undoing for like having actions earn mm-hmm. my actions be the way to earn salvation mm-hmm. or faith. And mm-hmm. so there was a lot of undoing for that and having my identity in Christ for like, that was my identity, not works or favoring uh or please uh pleasing man um and so and then doing it like put the church um the local church in a different perspective 
I didn't have to, I wasn't doing the things to earn God's love and to earn a place with him and to earn worth um, that had only to do with the cross. And in light of that, anything done after that, it's like, it's because of the cross, I can do this because of the cross. I can um, help my sisters and my brothers fight the good fight because we're pointing each other back to the gospel and sharing that together and discipling one another. Mm -hmm. And that involves getting gathering it involves teaching one another pushing back where committing like, to one committing another, to one another yeah. saying i'm going to come yeah. alongside you because this is what scripture says yeah. and because because i want to look good in god's eyes it's like he's made me righteous because of what jesus did yeah and he took my unrighteousness and like that's the same for you like you're just as in need of grace as i am yeah and there's just like even playing field, I guess you can say, just like, I'm not competing against you. And I felt like I was like one upping every time. Like I couldn't ever measure up. And that was all like all in my head. And, but that portrayed as like, as finding a lot of disappointment, being very bitter, holding in so much, Mm -hmm. um, eventual anger and not knowing how to express that. And right. And so insert your experience, but how, the Lord still used that and showed his mercy in that. Yeah. Um, there was still a calling to to come alongside one another and, and each other and commit to the work of that God has given us. Right. So yeah. does that answer your question? Yeah. Totally yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what were you going to add, Jay? Yeah, no, kind of uh, what Elsie was saying, it comes with a regenerate heart because we've been called in Christ and that there should, there, when you think about, oh man, we're going to commit to something else. Like if you think of that, on your own, like, hey, I have so many plates I'm spinning right now, and I want to become a member, which is going to obligate me to all Mm -hmm. these things, Mm -hmm. and it becomes a pressure. Mm -hmm. I'm not serving, I'm not giving, I'm not... um, It should actually be the opposite, because we have been called in Christ. There's a freedom to be able to Mm -hmm. love each other without these, and we talked about it before, these fear of man things. What are they going to think? It is all done for the glory of God, so what your standard is, is God loves me, and he's brought me into his family, and by grace I've been saved, and I want to walk along somebody who is experiencing the exact same thing. As imperfect as this walk is, it is difficult. Yeah. And theologically speaking, um, because he's called us into it, because he has created us for these relationships, the benefit, the joy, the peace in the struggle, in the hardships, because we're also guaranteed that in Scripture this is going to be a difficult life. Yeah. Mm-hmm where some people would say it's just another thing I have to commit to. It should be rather it is uh, because of what Christ has done, I am free to love and walk and care and be loved and walked with and cared for um, as a member of this kind of community. I think we see that we do community here very, very well, like we've talked about before. And um, being a as we would define a member is more of the opportunity to love people like Christ loved people and to be loved in the exact same way yeah. without the pressures of uh, human expectation, rather the love that Christ has given us and we have the opportunity yeah. to to be in that community versus putting yourself on an island or having your, um, some of the phrases we use around here sometimes, like your faith is, uh, personal, but it's not private. Right. You're missing out yeah. on an opportunity to love well and to be loved yeah. um, because of what Christ has done. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I think I think when it comes to committing to one another within that covenantal stream, um, it, it's it's committing to one another because of what Christ has done for us first, and that's going to flow out of us because we've been adopted by God into the family of God, and so because of that, there are these implications and responsibilities that we actually all carry for the sake of edifying the body, for the sake of seeing the body built up and, and grow in maturity. So I think that's really good. The last two reasons that that we communicate why we believe church membership is biblical is because, one, it's evangelistic. So number three, technically, it's evangelistic in the sense of us committing to one another as a local body uh, provides an opportunity for for a watching world to see what God is doing in a broken people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Ephesians three says that Christ chose to reveal, chooses to reveal himself through the church. And so when the church is uh, um, committed to one another through the good, the bad and the ugly, when the church is committed to one another, what that does is it provides opportunities for a watching world to see what God is doing in and through a broken people. So evangelistic. And then finally, the fourth one is that it's practical in the sense of when we look at accountability, right? That, that tends to be something that that's a buzzword in church culture, accountability, you know, Hey man, are you being held accountable? Are you in an accountability group? And so the idea behind accountability, I think people often forget is accountability is the byproduct of confession of sin. And so, yes, we're really good at doing community, but we're actually going to go another layer deep into that because we're going to put our sin on the table Mm -hmm. because of what we believe, because we actually want to, the goal is to see one another be who God has actually intended us to be in -hmm. our sanctification. And so we're not just holding one another accountable for the sake of holding one another accountable. We're holding one another accountable because as we confess sin, our goal is to point one another to mm-hmm. the person and work of Christ, to become more like Christ, to be conformed into, into Christ's image. And so, so yeah, so those are the four reasons at the very least for us, why we will say, Hey, we believe church membership is, is, is biblical because it's a theological conviction. It's this covenantal commitment that we have toward one another. It's evangelistic, and it's also practical for the body. And so, do you guys have any other any other thoughts on that before we start branching back into the article? Yeah, I think you. Um, well, in MCs and MC trainings, like as we would gather and and emphasize that commitment to another, we always like go over Acts two, um, or the last section of Acts two of the fellowship of the believers, and they devoted themselves to each other. Yeah. They like. They took care of one another and yep. they point each other back to yep. the gospel. Yeah. In their everyday life. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I I don't think Acts two is only descriptive of the church. I think that's also prescriptive. Prescriptive, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's both. I think I think that's what it Absolutely. ought to look like. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> if we apply that, I if we apply that to the Gallup poll or even Thomas Kidd's response to the Gallup poll. I think we would begin to see completely different numbers um, in terms of, at the very least in the context of Protestantism, we would begin to see different numbers in terms of um, church membership because I think for many churches that do become a little nervous, um, now they're going to, 
churches that might get nervous over that, I think might be churches who either don't emphasize church membership or they emphasize, or I should say, and they emphasize rather than church membership, they might emphasize uh, entertainment. They might en- emphasize uh, programs for the wrong reasons. I don't want to say that programs are, are bad or inappropriate, mm-hmm. but they might they might emphasize them for the wrong reasons. They might emphasize consumerism. And so UJ, we're talking offline about a 2017 poll that asked another Gallup poll, I think, right. that asked people like, what is it they want from from their church and what were some of the findings that you right. saw? It was asking what drew them or what was most important rather at a church. Uh, 75% of them said sermon content and that's left a lot of interpretation based on lack of clarity on what they asked what a sermon was. Yeah, But there were some concerning things when you think about uh, the goal of our Christian life in the church is to be is to promote the gospel, to bring people to Christ, to have, like we talked about before, regenerate hearts. People are very attracted to what they want. Uh, yeah. For instance, the like Gallup poll was saying, 63% uh, are interested in church or wanting to be at church. They want to know how church applies to their life mm-hmm. uh 54% were saying oh it's a dynamic uh pastor or preacher on the pulpit um these are things that when we talk about hey we should be asking more questions given what we saw in the Gallup poll well the question is what is the church preaching from the pulpit and are we are, as a church are we giving into the cultural I want a dynamic preacher with uh Gucci sneakers on or I want I want the the worship to be right. this production or are we focused on programs not that they're bad things like you said but more than we're focused on the gospel more than we're yeah. focused on back to one of the reasons that we think it's important for membership is evangelism are we equipping the saints inside the church to proclaim the gospel boldly and is that branching out into our community um and I think we have seen, as we talked about, we have talked about cultural Christianity and progressive Christianity. People are way more interested in learning about themselves and about the work of Christ, about uh, his attributes and what he has said through scripture. Right. There is going to be some application in the Bible for us, obviously. But, you know, we've talked, Matt Chandler famously said, you're not David. The Bible is not about you. Yeah. The church cannot be about what the people want. They cannot be about the itchy ears. If that were the case, we're going to fold unto ourselves because we're worried about the fear of man, what most attracts you. And you can see mega churches packed out with people, but how many people know the gospel? How yeah. many people know or are in a relationship which is the saving knowledge of Christ? Yeah, That's up for debate. And so us as a storehouse, we're 100 regular attenders a week, 80 to 100. The focus isn't on how many, how can we get more people in here is how can we, disciple people well that are attending and bring them to the saving knowledge of Christ Yeah. rather than is Marco wearing the latest uh, t-shirt or no. Vans this week? Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's but, Converse. Yeah, but people yeah. really are about like what's good for me and yeah. it's, it's yeah. completely opposite in scripture and it would be doing it would be focused on all the wrong things if we right. were to give into like you said before, I think the way to wrap that is the entertainment part of yeah, yeah. What, what people want. Here, here's what Thomas Kidd writes um, in the, the, the Gospel Coalition article. He says, the overall picture of declining church membership should be of interest, 
but not special worry to Reformed and Evangelical believers. We're not so much concerned with mere church members, but regenerate church members. And evangelicals have been at their best, such as during the First and Second Great Awakenings, when they had to work hard at drawing people into the church with crystal clear proclamation of the gospel and with caring service to the needs of the of the congregations. And so essentially what he, what he is getting at is, man, we, we've seen God do big things in the people of God primarily through the preaching of God's word. And this is a, I think we touched on this, I think last time, last semester, but this could be a podcast for another day. Essentially what, what, what that taps into is revival. And the idea of revival is God, the Holy spirit doing what he's already doing just more intensely. And that primarily happens through the preached word. And so it, it kind of goes back to what you were saying, man, what is it that's being preached from the pulpit? Because that's, that's actually going to drive the rest of the ministries of the church. And so if the gospel is not a a crystal clear proclamation, um, and it's something else, entertainment, uh, self-improvement, consumerism, um, a value on, on me just as an individual, then you can almost safely assume that the rest of the church ministry, the rest of the church service, the rest of how the church operates as an organization is is either always going to be evolving, always going to be changing, but it's also going to be very attractive. It's also going to be very, um, I suppose, seeker sensitive, but it's also going to be, um, uh, there's going to be a lot of wide reaching availability and avenues, but very shallow in its, in its depth theologically. Um, And so I think for us, what we need to consider is, the regular proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about this uh, offline in the sense of, man, we need to concern ourselves so much with the proclamation of the gospel because not only do we want to see people's hearts, uh, not only do we want to see regenerated hearts, but we want to see people whose hearts are already genera- regenerated grow in their maturity in Christ so Mm -hmm. that they then would go out, preach the gospel, disciple people in their community and in their houses and in their homes uh, and in their office spaces and so on, so that the gospel would be advanced through the ordinary means of the body, right? Right. In other words, the the church isn't, at least for us, I don't think we're ever going to be this giant spectacle of look at everything that we're doing. What we want to focus on is look at what Christ has done. Look at what Christ has made available. Therefore, when you repent and receive the Holy Spirit, um, your heart is regenerated. Now you too go back out and proclaim the same gospel. And I think that's, that's how and why you've seen the church thrive, particularly in some of these periods of, of history where it looks like Christianity is marginalized. It looks like there's this ton and there has been this great deal of opposition to Christianity, but the church has thrived primarily because of the proclamation, the clear proclamation that Christ saves sinners. It's having an eternal confidence, a confidence in God's sovereignty versus what are people going to do? What are people going to think? What if they don't show? What if we don't have the money for this? Yeah. Continue proclamation of the gospel and reliance on Christ um 
should be where we're grounded. I mean, Scripture says over and over to stand firm, and it won't be easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I was going over right now when we were talking was uh, Matthew seven thirteen: Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it uh, by it are many, for the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. We could open up our gates, and we could be the every avenue leads to Christ Church, and come over here to... Um, satisfy what you want to see in a preacher and the programs are great and the, and yeah. we can be watering down the gospel and at the same time so it's just one of those things where you really have to continue to focus on christ less yeah. on what people want because we in and of ourselves are not not what we're, we won't we won't come to christ on our own and what we think would bring us there is obvious yeah often sin and preference yeah absolutely and i think the the again the the main thing is the proclamation of the gospel and then ensuring that we are discipling and equipping uh the congregation to not just um know the gospel but for for them to be transformed by the gospel Mm -hmm. so that they would know it in the sense of them taking this message uh and proclaiming it to their friends to their family to those that they're around because they're right next to them not because we're adding this program and that evangelistic pro, uh, you know, program over here, or we're doing this one-time event. It's like, no, no, actually, you are the ones who are going to take this message back out into the community, back out into your families, back out into your homes, and man, by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, see people come to faith in Christ, mm-hmm. um, and and it's going to be primarily through you because this is something that you not just um this isn't something that was just good this is like a complete life change your nature has been changed through the holy spirit mm-hmm. and so i think that's really important as we move forward uh, ensuring that the people of god are equipped and discipled so that they would go out and preach the gospel of jesus christ and so i think that's going to be the 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 primary concern for for any 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 church um methods are always going to change but the message never does and so we need to ensure that the 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 centrality of the proclamation of the gospel is is always at the front of what we do and and what we preach and 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 why we do things here at Mm -hmm. storehouse mckellen yeah for sure any final thoughts Oh, I did remember. And it's just a thought, uh, a comment. I think I had asked you on Tuesday, um, uh, a comment I had seen on social media um, about a, but there, there is no church in, in this there, a city. And there has been so much deconstruction or just so much disbelief in it, but the commenter still proclaimed Jesus. And so there not being like gatherings and there shouldn't be like with Easter, like a big service like that being um, kind of on here, I think on the Gallup poll too, they had mentioned um, the two biggest services that people go to church for, but just out of like routine Mm -hmm. or just because Mm -hmm. it's culture. Right. And um, kind of like that lack of gospel, lack of theology Mm -hmm. or minimalized in theology. And so for an individual to lean to that belief like there's no church but like we have jesus that's all we need and right. we can run our own lane so to speak yeah. and 
kind of like asking you, like, how do we approach that to like just another, you know, view perspective yeah. and, and me hearing it yeah. about it more or it yeah. loud, just louder. I think um, it wasn't ever there, but yeah, I think uh, my initial response is, um, the body can't be disconnected when the body is disconnected from the head. That means the body's dead. Right. And so for an individual to yeah. say like, man, I'm all about Jesus. I'm just not about his church. Then I would say, then you're not all about Jesus. That, mm-hmm. That's just at the end of the day. And so Paul talks about this to, to the Colossian church in chapter two, where mm-hmm. he goes on to say that there are these false che- teachers who are promoting uh, syncretism and legalism and aestheticism. And he goes on to say that they're not only puffed up with their own arrogance, like they're, they're blowing up their own arrogance because of these um, spiritual experiences that they're having, or even some of the theology that they've adopted. The, the crux of that is that Paul says they have been disconnected from the head. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you're not to listen to them. Again, these are false teachers, but the concept is similar. So for an individual who says like, man, I, I love Jesus. I just don't love his church. But like then you don't love Jesus, right? The body cannot be disconnected from the head. That that means death. Well, and Jesus calls the church his bride. Exactly. And so how are you not going to love what Jesus loves? Yeah. It doesn't work that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so to say, man, I'll, I love Christ, but not the bride. And it says, well, that tells me a lot about your life, mm-hmm. right? Particularly for an individual, let's say, we, we've talked about this even in the context of marriage, right? Like you ignore your bride. Well, you're saying Jesus ignores his bride. So uh, help me understand that, right? Right. Um, or, man, I love the church, but I don't I don't love I love Jesus, right? So you're saying, man, the church doesn't have to submit to Jesus. So, so there is some sermon that is being preached there. And that's also not to say that um, the church has, uh, here's the thing, the bride of Christ is unfaithful, right? Um, However, uh, Jesus says that he is the one that has kept his faithfulness to her. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that's really unattractive about church membership is that when you sign up to be a part of a church, when you commit yourself to a local body, you are committing to being sinned against. That's that like a lot of people don't necessarily think about that. Like yeah. you are committing and signing up to sin against someone else and to be sinned against by someone else. And so that covenant committing to one another, this is where we're really going to see if you're all about that. Because there's, there's going to be rub, like the mm-hmm. perfect church. She does not exist. She mm-hmm. just doesn't. And so to cut the bride off from, or to cut the body off from the head is to kill it. So, um, I understand it, especially in light of 2020, I understand individuals who struggle with the church. Mm-hmm. And so, man, I think a lot of that oftentimes tends to be case by case. Let's sit down. Right. What's been your experience? What's going on? But to throw the theological, uh, mm-hmm. blanket, yeah, the blanket over like, Oh, well then all this is done. Like, right now, man, like God's word hasn't changed. Right. You know, <laughs> and then you're denying like the sufficiency of scripture. Exactly. Like, with, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, exactly. So right. now at that okay. point, like scripture is reduced now mm-hmm. based on your experience. Now that doesn't mean that your experience doesn't lead to man ongoing conversations or it doesn't lead right. to like having to work through things. It also doesn't mean that you don't have to repent of stuff. Like there are, th- there's a lot happening, especially in that might again, another be another podcast. There's a lot that has happened in light of church hurt that needs to be addressed. Um, and while sometimes people can have trauma due to theology, um, if you need to take a breather, fine. 
but then get mm-hmm. back in the word because mm-hmm. again, you cannot separate the body from the head and it says something about what you believe about Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good comment slash question. Cool. Definitely another mm-hmm. podcast in terms of church hurt. Cause it's real. It is. Okay. Yeah. And then you make a good point. Like you, you don't know what you're signing up for. And that's kind of like, and like, if you don't have a religious preference or if you're not attending church, like, what are you signing up for when you don't mm-hmm. attend church when you're not, or just yeah. going for what you want? Yeah. What is, what are you signing up for that? Yeah, Cause again, it's unattractive knowing uh-huh. that I'm going to sin against someone. And most people I think would probably be like, yeah, I'm more than likely going to sin against someone, but then saying, Hey, you're also going to be sinned against. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know if I want that. But like, well, uh, yeah, then maybe this isn't the church for you, but in the context of us committing to one another, that is a reality. And so when you're sinned against, we shouldn't be surprised. That's actually where all the the theological density, that the theological muscle that we've occurred um, or that we've developed, that's when now we, let's put it into practice. Let's see if we actually believe what we say we believe. So mm-hmm. yeah, good question. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have this morning. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, We'll add some links to the articles in the description, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. The goal of this podcast is to equip our church for discipleship and mission. We want to thank you for listening in this morning, and we hope that you are encouraged by these conversations. If you'd like to learn more about Storehouse McKellen, you can visit our website at storehousemckellen.com. We'd also love to hear from you. Send us your questions to info at storehousemckellen.com.